There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Oh, uh, before we get into it, Will, Will, have you acted in any, any Shakespeare? I guess you'll find out. I insulted you only asked Will. Yep. I was trying to think. I know you've been in a few good men, Hugh, but that's not. Anyway, I wasn't let's, in let's, a few let's... good men. I wasn't in a few good men. We saw that together, Michael. I thought you were. In I a... was with you. <laughs> I was with, sitting beside you in the audience. Hello everybody, welcome to Legitimate Likes, a podcast where we look at humanity's popular fascinations and we work out whether they're legitimate of their likery. That's exactly what it says on my script. My name is Will and this is Hugh. Hi Hugh. Hi Will, how are you? Oh, I'm so delighted that I finally got through that intro because I'll be honest, <laughs> the take that the listeners are going to hear is like take number seven. Yeah, and, and I'm not even sure they'll think it's, it's all that good. Do you have a script for the rest of the episode? Are we fully scripted for this? Yep, the whole thing is, is being done in iambic pentameter, Hugh. I am so glad to hear that, Mr. Will. Okay, I've changed my mind immediately. Can we go back to prose? <laughs> that really limits what we have, doesn't it? I have whatever. If you, I mean, I'm prepared to do it all the same. I the mean, least accessible podcast episode <laughs> of all time. Yeah, we're talking about Shakespeare this week, and uh, and now, currently. Um, Hugh, um, do you like the name William? I used to. A few years ago, it kind of lost yeah, its okay. luster for me. He's but... insinuating that he met me, and I. he doesn't like William anymore because I've superseded all of the names, and there's only one definitive William in his head. He probably had the best surname of any William until you came along. Also, my mum's maiden name was Power, so I could have been Will Power. Oh, wow. Either of them kicks Shakespeare out of the park, I think. Speaking of Will Power, it's taking all my willpower not to introduce our producer. Hi, guys. How are you? Um, Well, look, I mean, you... uh, You don't want to know. You've kind of... As we do every week, you've you've given away what we're going to talk about. That's fine. That's fine. That's all right. We can talk about that after the <laughs> do you, show. Do you do you want us to start like and just pretend it's just a, a casual conversation that we don't know what's coming next? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think people want to feel like they've just accidentally sort of overheard the two of you. I think that's a, a good way to start okay. the show each week. Okay. Yeah. And what are you going to title the episodes? Mystery episode number ten, probably. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I would say so. Sorry, Michael. I didn't. I I really misunderstood the format of the podcast. <laughs> That's all right. That's yeah. all right. Just every week, send you an email. That's all right. I wonder. Wonder. Do you think we'd ever be able to get to the end of an episode without telling the listeners what the topic is? 
That's when we really know we've hit the big time. Yeah, that's the real mystery. That's the bonus. In fairness, episode. in fairness, I'm pretty sure I've read some Shakespeare plays and not realised what it's about by the time I've got to the end. So <laughs> I think that's probably fair. Well, that is look. That's what we're doing this week. We're going after one of the big shots, one of the biggest names in the business, one of the biggest crisps in the bag. Um, we're deciding whether we should really spend as much time as we do talking about, uh, studying, reenacting, and analysing the works of the Bard. Uh, so that's right. As you said, we're looking at the playwright, poet, writer, and father of modern English literature, William Dwayne Shakespeare. Oh, oh, that's cool. No way. It can't be Dwayne. There's no way it's Dwayne. It's not. It's not. I just, he didn't have a middle name. I, it, was, it was throwing my meter out, so I needed something. Hugh believed it. Hugh bought it, right? I totally went for yeah, it, yeah. yeah. William Dwayne The Rock Shakespeare. He feels yeah. like a Dwayne. He certainly feels like a Dwayne. So I, I, I definitely want to hear about uh, your 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 experience with Shakespeare. I mean, Will, I'm expecting some from you. Hugh, I'm curious as to yours. Um, before we do that, I might just ask you a couple of questions, see what you really know. So, which of these films is not partly based on a Shakespearean play or character. So, which of these has firstly, no? Firstly, let's just let's just. Oh, sorry, Michael. I, I do genuinely always try to wait till the end of the question before I interrupt you, but sometimes it's just not possible. <laughs> I mean, and I'm not trying to be the snob here. Yeah. But is anyone surprised that Michael couldn't even start the question with a question about a play, and that he had to go straight to a movie, <laughs> something That's that true. he can That's true. understand? Yeah. That's true. But. It's true. All Actually, right, sorry, no, go on. No, go none on. of my questions are about the plays. I'm going to say that up front. I'm going to avoid, yeah. I'm going to avoid further judgments. So. This is so... Uh, you're still going to receive them, I'm afraid. And, I mean, when you hear the calibre of films as well, it's not exactly high-class stuff. Okay, so which of these is not partly based on Shakespeare uh, in some form? Partly, or even just partly. partly. So, <laughs> so partly. It's so, so tenuous. Yeah, there's an old man in it, so therefore maybe it's partly King Lear. <laughs> So, The Lion King, Pretty Woman, or Star Wars Episode 3, Revenge of the Sith? Hmm. Well, the I Lion was... King is pretty obviously Hamlet, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, for show. That's yeah, Hamlet, that's no kind of, that's, that's one of the well-known ones. Um, I've never seen Pretty Woman. It's, Julia Roberts plays a prostitute, does she? Oh, then that's the one, it's Pretty Woman. Uh, pretty Woman will be the Taming of the Shrew, I think. I've never. I don't know the timing of the shrew. Well, Revenge of the Sith. What happens in that? I mean, it's one of those dreadful ones. There's. Is there any father? No, sure, it doesn't. Mm. I have no yeah, idea. That's that's my analysis. Listen, you think why? What's the timing of the shrew? Tell us about the timing of the shrew, Will. Uh, I don't know. I know it's like. I think it's quite. I think it's quite problematically sexist. Okay. Uh, and I imagine a film called Pretty Woman could be also. <laughs> Um, that's basically what I'm basing it on. Um, and I, I don't remember the Star Wars that we're talking about, what happens in Revenge of the Sith. Anakin falls into the fire, he kills a load of kids. Oh yeah, no, that's that, no, that's definitely in no way related to Shakespeare. I can did firmly Hamlet, say. Hamlet didn't kill a load of kids before falling into the fire? No. Oh no, he did, and he called them younglings, despite everyone else being called kids. In the, Yeah, no, you're right. Uh, we're going to go for see dead younglings. So, it's actually B, Pretty Woman. Um, there you go, there you go. So, The Lion King, as you said, Hugh, Hamlet. Some, some Hamlet elements there. Um, 
Star Wars Episode Three: Revenge of the Sith um, borrows for the character of Anakin a number, uh, or sorry, the, the relationship between Anakin, uh, the Emperor Palpatine, and then Queen Amidala, um, uh, elements from Othello, and then Pretty Woman was actually based on Pygmalion, which was by Bernard Shaw rather that, than Shakespeare. That's probably what I was thinking of. There but you go. I take. Comp- I'm so angry about this question. There you go. I'm there you so go. angry. So because there's jealousy and a woman and a man in it, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, then it's mm-hmm. Othello. Yeah, that's it. That's it. Yeah. S- sort of like a giant glaring gap in the fact that Othello is a, like the only black Shakespeare character. Uh, so they borrowed like jealousy. They borrowed the the emotion of jealousy. Is that well, what you're there, saying? There, there was also a deleted scene in Othello where Othello deflects some force lightning with a purple lightsaber. Um, <laughs> Sorry. So. Sorry, I wasn't aware of that. Michael. But you, you've got to get you've got to get the uh, the the, the double disc DVD to see that. It's so. was not that, in every production. Yeah. yeah, was that one in the bad folio? <laughs> yeah, sure. Yeah, that's a fucking great reference, and you two, <laughs> no idea. <laughs> Let's we'll put our great reference my, my on Michael, there. Michael's just checking all his DVD bonus extras to see what a folio <laughs> if it's there. <laughs> Okay, no, so, so far no I evidence. think I ate some bad folio for dinner, to be honest, and I'm feeling it now, but anyway. Go on, next question. Um, he okay. said resign at least. <laughs> Second question. Which of these phrases did Shakespeare not coin? So two of them Shakespeare coined, one of them he did not. Uh, in a pickle, as in to be in a pickle. <laughs> yes, uh, we, we didn't think you meant being stuck inside a <laughs> yeah, yeah, to be clear. Yeah, to be no. Clear. Yeah. That was the other, that was the B side of the famous Hamlet soliloquy, wasn't it? <laughs> to be in a pickle. That was Hamlet where the H A M are capitalised and it's about ham sandwich. <laughs> I, oh, Michael would go and see that play in a heartbeat. I really would. I really would. Hamlet sounds like a delicious treat. <laughs> it sounds like a ham based omelette. <laughs> Or yeah. just a small ham, you know, just a little personal hamlet. <laughs> they should, they should make. If you ever have an omelet with ham in it, it should always be a hamlet. It's a hamlet. There it's must hamlet. be. I mean, there must be a restaurant in Stratford that has a hamlet that has Shakespeare themed, themed <laughs> uh, food. If not, that's our that's our next move, guys. So I'd it's like to hear some more things that they would serve in this uh, cafe. I was, I, the best I could do was uh, on their liqueurs. They'd have a Lear Royale. Nice. Oh, Only creepy um, men could buy it as well. Yeah. Um, creepy, crazy man. They'd have like a gelato stand that'd be a Midsummer Night's ice cream. <laughs> um, for breakfast, they'd serve you a bowl of Othello's. Nice. Maybe. Yeah. Obviously, if you if you were looking for some some gamier food, you could get uh, the Merchant of Venison. <laughs> Very good. <laughs> See, Shakespeare would love this conversation. I reckon. Nice. No. He was a big fan of the pun, wasn't oh, he? Big yeah. fan of the pun. Um, okay, there's, so a burger, a there's a burger that's called a Macbeth. How about that? That'll work. A Macbeth? Yeah. You know. Oh, McDonald's. Just like Mac. Because it's McDonald's. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think you should have mm. gone, just to punch up your joke, uh, a Big Mac, Beth, I would say. <laughs> okay, okay. Is that's okay. how you would have made that scan. Uh, I just know a lot about Shakespeare, so... <laughs> Yeah, but I just know if I went there, then I'd order the Big Beth, and they'd look at me strange. <laughs> That's their Elizabeth the First themed menu, which is you know same time, but um, okay. So which of these phrases is Shakespeare not going um, in a pickle um, to catch a cold? 
Um, and then your barn door is open, referring to your barn door. <laughs> as, in, as in just my barn door is open. Yeah. So, it, what does the barn door refer to, Michael? It's your your front your front, barn door. Your front opening. Like I, I suppose today it would be a fly, but back then it was probably some sort of flap. I would imagine. Um, I don't know. Right. I depending my, upon class. I'm like pro- probably if it was. If it can was, I ask Michael? Can I ask? Are all these? And when you say coined them. They all appeared in his plays. Well, two of them did. One sure, did sure, them. sure. Yes. But it's not that it's not that Billy Shakespeare was wandering around telling people that their barn door was open. No, 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 no. It's that <laughs> full staff said it at some yeah, point. Yeah, exactly. It's in in in, in the text. Yeah. Also, uh, yeah. Julia, Julia Caesar salad, by the way. Oh, very good. Nice. Very good. Nice. nice. Um, I I feel like the barn door one is absolute hogwash, which also might yeah. might be. A word that Shakespeare yeah, invented. it would it would be one that Michael would make up, although he was very reluctant to clarify what it meant. I don't know what that means. <laughs> Neither do I. I I I feel like it. In a pickle must be Shakespeare. Yeah, but it also could. Be, the, the problem with this game could be both, couldn't it? Yeah, he's actually done all right true. with this game. What would you go for, Hugh? I can't remember the middle one, so I'm happy that's, to go with the barn door if you to want. To catch a cold was the middle one. To catch a cold. To catch a, to ca- that's was the much less successful uh, TV show uh, about <laughs> child predators. Um, let's. You're, you're you're the you're the Shakespeare. You're the William. I'm the William. Uh, we like see the barn door. You made that up, you piece of garbage. I mean, you got you you, you got me. Yeah, <laughs> I, was, I was I had rigged up some tasty bait there, but you didn't you didn't <laughs> bite, bite it. Um, yeah, that. So, but, Michael, even though you made that up, <laughs> you still weren't able to instantly tell us what it referred to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I didn't. I wasn't sure how much I wanted to commit. You know, the truth uh, to a successful or the the key to a successful lie is mm-hmm. uh, to not go into too much detail. <laughs> I think that's what everyone says, right? So, mm. Yeah. Yeah, I think. I think you do have to go into some detail there. <laughs> well, you've got one out of two, okay? How about R- Richard the Curd? <laughs> You're moving on to the dessert menu now. Yeah, yeah, nice. yeah. Nice. Yeah, absolutely. Apple Pyman of Athens. <laughs> that, is, that is bad. That is really, really bad. Come on, please, Michael, what's the third question? Question three. Um, which of the following people were not rumoured to be the real author behind Shakespeare's work? So, um, were not since J.K. Rowling. Not rumored. So since since Shakespeare died, there have been there's a list of about fifty people um, who are sort of rumoured to have actually written some of the works. And I think this stemmed from the fact that Shakespeare was actually just he was a you know reasonably ordinary person, and that um, you know in, in the age that he lived. Uh, people were not really able to grasp that just anyone could create this. You had to be noble-born to, 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 to have that success. I would actually argue that I think that that thought came in later and it was yes. sort of an elitist thing that people were like, he didn't go to university, it doesn't make yes. sense. Yes, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. So there's a long the list of people. I don't think any of this is actually, you know, by most Shakespeare scholars, really accepted. But Mark like, Rylance, you... I think, is a, an authorship... Um, Con- conspiracy? No, an authorship questioner. Oh, really? Yeah, I think so. 
Let's get him. <laughs> Let's get him and take him to hey, our right cafe. <laughs> um, okay. Uh, so, Elizabeth I, Samuel Pepys, and Francis Bacon. Uh, first of all, I presume that you'd have a Philium Shakespeare as the main course. <laughs> Uh, Francis Bacon was definitely one that people say did it. Oh, really? Um, who were who were the other? Elizabeth I and who else? Samuel Pepys. I'm pretty sure I've heard it about Elizabeth I as well. I think, I, I think I've heard it about Elizabeth I, but I don't know. I mean, Michael's so we go nodding. Peeps. Yeah, we Peeps. go Peeps. Peeps it is. So that's, that's pretty good, guys. That's two out of three. Yeah, both Elizabeth I and Francis Bacon both uh, rumoured to actually be the real author. Um, so two out of three, you have a passing knowledge of Shakespeare. Um, so let's take him down. On the Michael scale. Um, so what do we got? Pros and cons. For Shakespeare? Yeah. Oh, he was a pro. An absolute <laughs> pro. Yeah. Yeah, he wrote some good stories. Did you... Yeah, well, let's get into this, because you are, I suppose, the actor amongst us here. Um, That's correct. Have you uh, performed... In many Shakespeare plays? Yeah, I've done a few. I've done Macbeth a lot. And then I've done like some site specific work with the Globe Theatre. Um mm-hmm. I did Interesting. a performance of like some sonnet some sonnet walks where people wander around London and uh people pop pop out of London and like kapow a sonnet. Um and then I did a performance. But do you pop out do you, how do you know who to pop out at? Because presumably not everyone is walking around London waiting for a Shakespeare sonnet. <laughs> I think in a way we all are, but there are people who bought tickets and they get given a, a red rose or a white rose and they walk around. The red rose is the East London tour and the white rose is the West London tour and they go through historical parts of London and people will like, there'll be people ambling around and like the whole point is for the performer to like merge into the city and then pop out and do a bit of history because it's all about mm. the the city being like these brand new buildings and all this old stuff and all this history it's one of the coolest things i've ever done and then that's the really final- that actually the exact same thing happened to me i was driving uh, down the road near our house here uh, the other day and the exact same thing happened to me so uh this woman popped out in a high-vis jacket with this uh large sort of lollipop shaped uh sign and uh, obviously was trying to engage me in some sort of community theatre. She had a group of kids with her, but I, I I didn't have the time. I just put the foot down. So, so I was t- talking about like one of the most incredible experiences that I've ever been a part of. <laughs> and then you just were like, oh, it's time to do a, a joke. And I'm putting them in very loose air quotes. Your joke is that there was a lollipop lady. Like that's the punchline, <laughs> right? Oh, or am I, have I misunderstood? It's, it's not just a punchline. That's that's the joke. That's okay. the setup. That's everything. Yeah, yeah. It's a bit. It's the whole bit. Okay. Uh, thanks. Anyway, Michael, you, we've, we've... actually a lollipop. A lollipop person would be the, the perfect disguise in the sonnet walks because precisely, <sighs> precisely. No, not no. Not <laughs> that's precisely. not what you were doing, Michael. <laughs> oh. <laughs> uh, so I've done that. I've done. I've done Macbeth. In what parts? Different... What parts have you played in Macbeth? Good question. I've played the sergeant. I've played Ross. I've played Donald Bain. I've played Malcolm. I've played a little bit of Lady Macbeth. A little bit of Macbeth. Oh, I think that's it. You've really done most of them. Yeah, Everything except I... the witches, really. Oh no, I know. I've done the witches too. Sorry, Michael. How much do you know about Macbeth? I know. I know a bit of Macbeth. Um, oh, okay. Come Burnham Wood or whatever, right? That's yeah. it. 
yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's that's tick the knowledge box. Yeah, yeah good. <laughs> I was I was hoping you were like, oh, I've seen the film, and then we could get you to tell you could tell us <laughs> what happens in Macbeth. But... I have I have seen a a Mel Gibson version of Macbeth. I'm pretty sure it was Mel Gibson. Yeah, yeah. He's good though. That guy's got chops. No, he's he's good in the film. You mean? Yeah, not <laughs> yeah, yeah, probably yeah. not in real Making life. a judgment on morals yeah, here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and so you the other thing I was going to ask Will are you familiar with most of the plays? Do you know most of the plays? I'd say like say? half of them. I, like yeah, because I, some of the histories I, I don't know. Yeah, yeah. I, I Because I was trying to think before we came on here how many of them I'd seen. And I feel I've seen about eight or ten of them probably. So I don't think I've seen any of the histories. A very few of the comedies, yeah. you know. I've mostly um, seen them because I do uh, one of the one of the drama schools in London. I do the audition panels. Um, ah. So I see a lot of individual speeches from different plays. Uh, okay. Sometimes incredibly. Sometimes poopy pants you know oh i say some are really dreadful are they yeah but like for the most yeah no some are really bad can you tell us do any stand out for any particular reason being particularly odd or strange any like someone coming in saying i am gonna give them my most incredible take on mark antony <laughs> to be honest, and... no like most people like a lot of there's no if you came in with a really bold choice that'd probably be more exciting because you've seen mm. you've seen them when to be honest i really like it when people cross play across gender because i i sort yeah. of think all of that is bullshit in shakespeare anyway because the, the whole thing is gender switching because it was all men playing all the parts initially so yeah. the idea that there's any argument that anyone can't play any character is complete bollocks as far as i'm concerned so i, I find it really interesting when people who don't like play against their type and are like Mm. I'm playing Julius Caesar, and it's like, yeah, great. I find that quite exciting. And yeah, it's it's, it's an interesting one because I saw I saw an amazing. I've seen Hamlet loads of times, and I absolutely love Hamlet. I think it's brilliant. Um, but I saw the last time I saw it on stage was in Dublin, and Ruth Negger was playing Hamlet. Mm. You know Ruth Negger? I, I I've never seen her, but I know of her. Ah, oh, she's incredible. She's absolutely amazing. Um. But she played Hamlet, but she still played Hamlet as a man. Whereas I think I, the the time before I'd seen it, I'd seen someone play Hamlet as a woman. You know, a woman play Hamlet, but as a woman. Mm. Um, whereas this time I saw Hamlet play as a man. And I suppose, I don't I don't really know what my question is going to be. But, <laughs> you know, do you, I suppose, as you say, it doesn't really matter either way. You're playing the character, th- not the sex. I think the sex, element so. to which that they're all like, it's all, everyone's speaking in rhyme and it's mm. stupid. So, like, mm. the idea that you'd be like, well, this is ridiculous. I'm standing here, and there's these electronic lights, and they're saying rhymey words, but that person should present as if they have a penis for me to understand it. It's like, you're clearly not... You don't care about the actual yeah. <laughs> thing. You care about something else, and you brought your bullshit. I, I remember when we were in school, so we, we studied Hamlet for our, our leaving cert, our final exam in school, and... I remember we watched a film and we watched the Kenneth Branagh film <laughs> and which which is great which is great um in the main but it I think it's at the very beginning I don't think it's Rosencrantz and Guildenstern but I think it's yeah. at the beginning in the court scene Claudius is addressing the court and a courtier comes up possibly with with a letter from Fortinbras or something like that mm. and the actor playing him was black and the film was made in 96 or 97 I think and someone in my class said I mean, it's not very realistic, because how likely is it that there's going to be a black person in Denmark, you know, uh, uh, back in the day? And you're like, I mean, 
Is this where we're taking from us? Yeah, A, like, you're basing you, that on no research. B, they're yeah, speaking yeah. English, you fucking You've just idiot. decided that. Exactly. Like, Robin Williams is there, you know? <laughs> what are you doing? How likely is like, it that Robin Williams... That Mrs. Right? Doubtfire is in Hamlet. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Uh. So I have I have a question to, pr- to hopefully take us back on track from just chatting about Shakespeare. Is um, do you understand it when you go and see it? Because that's a big con, right? That it's weird. It's hard yeah. to understand. Yeah. And and not necessarily accessible. Um. So I think a good test for this is probably I went to see King Lear a few years ago, which is something I'd never seen and I'd never read it, never seen it. Um, whereas, like, as I say, I've seen Hamlet lots of times, and I suppose we studied it in school. I've seen Julius Caesar a good few times, studied that in school, whatever else. Romeo and Juliet is very well known. Um, and, yeah, I, like I did. I got King Lear, you know, and I did. I enjoyed it. It was very good. Ian McKellen was playing King Lear, and he was amazing. Um, but, but yeah, I mean, I think it's one of those things where you kind of have to let it wash over you a bit, and you get the bits you get. You yeah, know, you're I not going to get all you, of it. Uh, I think you get the gist of it, you know, so... I think for, I mean, the thing about King Lear is that, you know, the arc of that play, it, basically things just keep getting worse, right? King, like it just, it, it just descends. It just keeps descending, right? Whereas I think if you were to go to one of the plays with more maybe intrigue or more complexity to them. Um, what are you talking about? <laughs> what does that even about? mean? <laughs> Simple play. He's got three kids. Split up the country. Give it to them all. What's the problem? <laughs> I, simple. Okay, come on, move on. Next play. <laughs> my, 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 he's like, I'll bash that play out in ten minutes. It's done. Dunzo. King Lear. Over. Over. King Rear View Mirror. That's it. It's gone. But do, oh. you, do you like Shakespeare, Michael? Do you like going to yeah, Shakespeare? Yeah, I do. I do. I definitely do. I think. I think though, to. To really appreciate it, you do have had to put in the work. You know, I think I think that's you know you have to, and and to an extent, <clears throat> probably to really appreciate it, you need some hand holding. You know, I, I think it's very hard to pick up the text and, on an individual basis, just just kind of work out exactly what's going on there. So I think another thing about it is that, and it comes back to what we were talking at uh, talking about at the beginning. You know, the revenge or the patricide and revenge for that or or star-crossed lovers and all that like the themes are all straightforward enough he's telling all these straightforward stories that have been retold a million times ever since Mm so i'm sure there are hundreds of jokes he's making that Mm. in elizabethan england made sense and were funny that i just have no idea what's going on that's the thing i mean but i can pick up the fact that there's the relationship between lear and the daughters or whatever yeah, that's the thing. I think that the plays have a lot of elements that we still value in films. You know, so when I, like films are the, the modern version. That's why I'm, that's why I go for that. So you know, obviously romance, um, action, comic relief, um, like pop culture references. So all all that's all that stuff is there. But I think a lot of it is not is not seen to us when we go back and and and, and the other thing is it needs someone to it needs the right person to do it. Like again, I think. I remember seeing Benedict Cumberbatch play Hamlet and he was absolutely incredible. Now, I think he's brilliant. I'd watch him do anything. But he, he when I saw him play it, it was the first time I realised like how funny Hamlet is, like how many jokes there are in there. And I didn't get that from other ones that I've seen. So you need the right person to, to bring it to life, I guess. You know? Also the argument like, 
you know, if you see it more, you, I don't know. Like, there's so many different parts to it. I yeah, think, if if you if you don't have to work as hard if you're seeing it for the fourth time yeah. or whatever. Yeah, I am. Um, I'm interested in what you said about films being the modern equivalent because I don't mm-hmm. think films are the modern equivalent. I think Panto is. Panto. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Hear me out. <laughs> okay let's do it so it has to be for it to be an equivalent i think it has to be live it has to be a live performance because so much of it is based on the interaction with the audience like it's one of the only art forms that uses no that's not true that, i'll take that back but the heavy use of soliloquy the heavy use of talking to yourself but you're never talking to yourself you're talking to a, a room full of people and this is in a time when there's no separation between the audience and the um actor because there's no light that is a modern invention you know that separation Mm -hmm. only came when we had electric lighting and stuff so yeah Mm. and you have all the in jokes you have like in hamlet's advice to the players when hamlet's telling the actors how well to act there's some great history around that of you could interpret it as the not rather than shakespeare's advice to actors generally it's direct references to people who had recently left the acting company like so there are jokes in there about like don't go off script and don't improvise too much because of one of the clowns who got fired who was improvising too much okay and also do not be a massive idiot (laughs) (laughs) yeah but it's all like stuff that would be in jokes to the crowd and so all pop culture references and stuff and pantomime only each story you take an old story and you redevelop it for a modern audience there's no fourth wall because you're always asking the audience for stuff and they're shouting out everyone's drinking also it's it's something that appeals to a a diverse group of classes as well Mm. um and lots of cross-dressing cross-dressing was big then big in panto exactly Uh, like uh, genders all over the place (laughs) it's great and it's um i think Oh, and also, yeah, that was the other thing that the tickets at the tickets at the Globe are about a fiver for a standing ticket now, and they've always been about that price. So it's like entertainment for the masses. Yeah. And so that is my theory on what on pantomime by Shakespeare. I like it, and and it's something that I think I like the idea as well of yeah, you you go and see the same old story. Like you, when you go to the Panto, you see Cinderella mm. or Aladdin or whatever, and like he obviously he wrote the play Hamlet, but there was a. Hamlet was a story before then, wasn't it? Hamlet was some story from 500 years before, yeah, I, I think. think. I don't most, know, was it a Danish one or an old English one? Or I think most of them are stories that existed. Yeah. yeah. I, I a lot of Italian sort of folklore. Yeah. yeah. One thing that I always loved as well was in uh, It Is In Hamlet, uh, and Hamlet is talking. It's when the, the, the players arrive, and Hamlet's talking to Polonius. And he's sort of poking fun at him a bit. But at one point he asks him, did he ever act? And he says, oh, yes, I acted in Julius Caesar. I was I was Caesar. I was killed in the capital by Brutus. And he'd written Caesar about two, Julius Caesar about two years before. So it's like just shameless promotion for his own play, <laughs> yeah, which yeah. I love. You know, he's just like, oh, after this one, go and see that one as well. It's great. There's yeah. another Polonius, Hatsto had the popcorn. Tis delicious. Yon butter, it melteth in my mouth. <laughs> Michael, the rest of the podcast, please. Yeah, if you could just speak we'll do, we'll in sort do. of a grandiose Shakespeare, that'd be great. The other thing I love about a, like olden timey Shakespeare of Shakespearean mm. times is that there were no doors on the globe, so if you got bored, you just leave. You'd throw shit at the actors and you just leave. 
Um, and they, when they were excavating the original site of the globe, the back wall of the like opposite the stage was just absolutely riddled in <laughs> urine because people like at a music oh, festival wow. just turn around and go for a week. That's amazing. I was going to say it's like the uh, spar on <laughs> James Street because there's no doors I there think, either. I think but I'm hoping the back before. wall. I'm hoping the back wall isn't think, riddled with urine. Yeah, Although to be honest, a lot like the spar on Dame Street. I don't know if I've provided any pros or cons. I feel like I've just spoken about what I think about Shakespeare, which is probably a con. <laughs> well, no, I, I think I think we're getting into stuff. Michael, have you ever acted in Shakespeare? I've never acted in anything, Hugh. No. What about school plays? No. Michael, no. you told me... Can, can you tell the listeners who you played in your nativity play? <laughs> I played... I played... You cut me deep, Hugh. Was it the donkey? I played the owl in the nativity play. <laughs> the owl? Yeah. Not, the not famous a, owl. Not a canonical character. Um, no, but not no. there in the biblical text. No, I but, think um, most... Most, like stables have an owl i think that's fair yeah yeah, yeah. well the this one did owl. anyway i'll tell you i'll tell you one thing i like about shakespeare here's a pro he was successful mm-hmm. during his lifetime i mean he wasn't he wasn't you know multi multi-millionaire um but he you know <laughs> unlike many other sort of great artists he, he got the recognition or some recognition during his lifetime yeah, yeah, people but i guess this goes back to what will was saying that he was he was popular uh, with with everyone you know like if it was the panto he would write it and it would be a, a big old success i mean was was he not popular with the nobles at the time or is that something that came along later no i think he was popular he was popular because <laughs> yeah, you had was. all the um the globe was built you know with oh sure with okay. the expensive seats at the top and then going down yeah. mm. i think he was regularly sort of called in to do private performances for the royal family um, as well so yeah. yeah i have actually <laughs> done shakespeare just outside of there's a, a a hall where they performed 12th night i think for the first time or something like that that's still standing and performed some shakespeare just outside of there but i that, think that's pretty cool there was, that's very sir, cool sir thomas more <laughs> is a play that shakespeare wrote like he wrote part of it he wrote this yes. very, very famous speech strangers should be removed it's a really brilliant um, monologue but that play was not put on because wh- by the time it was something like it was written when there was a protestant monarch monarch and then a catholic monarch took the throne or vice versa mm. and just for, it just was, was not performed and not performed and until like the 60s and ian mckellen was the first person to play in like a public like official wow. production so he's the last actor who's created a shakespeare character which is pretty cool that's but, very um, cool but well means, deserved as well if anyone yeah. was well, going to do it that's say. the other thing is that the word shakespearean i mean it's still a byword for good acting in a sense isn't it you know it's 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 still a it's still a it's still a hallmark of class if you're good at shakespeare you're kind of considered to be good yeah, at acting i think that's stop. probably a fair point yeah yeah i thought you were certain, certain, it's it's a lot of yeah it gives you a certain like if you if you see an actor in something and you you look him up and it says oh well he hasn't been in many films but he's a very successful Shakespearean actor you think oh yeah that guy's got chops you know <laughs> that happened yeah, there's yeah, an anecdote yeah. of Adrian Lester do you know Adrian Lester he played the, no he was the lead guy in Hustle um, which is a TV show about heist crew that mm. was on TV and basically Adrian Lester is a really brilliant actor and he'd done like loads and loads of stuff for like ten years and then did um, Hustle on on telly. And then came back and did um, 
he played Othello at the National Theatre, and some woman came up to him and was like, "Wow, you've made the transition from TV to theatre very well." And he was like, "You just don't know that I've done this for like ten years." I give you another con for Shakespeare. Yeah, not really his fault, right? Okay. Um, so in the 1890s, uh, there was a Shakespeare Society in the U.S. who decided to honour him by basically going through all. I don't know why they they went in this direction, but they went through all of the plays and and listed out all of the birds referenced in the plays and then worked out which ones were not already uh, present in the continental United States and introduced the rest. So they found birds uh, that Shakespeare mentioned that were not... Is this the in... guy with the starlings? Yes, exactly. And he... So there were a flock of 100 starlings introduced to Central Park in New York in... Was it 1896? <laughs> and basically they are the basis for all starlings in North America, which are... One, they're, they're they're pretty much the biggest domestic pest. Whoa! <laughs> so they're uh, like the Genghis Khan of starlings. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think that's probably not Shakespeare's fault directly, but it must be considered when talking about whether or not Shakespeare is legitimate and worthy of the likes. Is that? I think so. I feel that could tip the balance. Yeah. <laughs> have you have you got anyone favorite lines from Shakespeare? And I know this is real, like sort of. Oh, what's the best bit? You know, what's the best quote? But he did write some cool bits. Like, yeah. any any favourite lines? There's, any ones that always get to you? There's a line in uh, when in As You Like It, when Rosalind is dressed as a man, and mm. she's dressed as Ganymede, and this shepherd, this shepherd is in love with Phoebe, and Phoebe falls in love with Ganymede, and Rosalind as Ganymede is like, oh, man, she's fallen in love with me. This is a nightmare. That shepherd is well into you. Just get with him, man. And she says, she says a line to her. She's basically like dressing her down, and she goes, "Let me tell you, friendly in your ear, you are not for sell sell when you can. You are not for all markets." And it's just like wow, a real <laughs> cutting and a very funny yeah. joke that That's I have great. only seen. I think one actor nail. I, I a lot of people I've seen do that speech. They're like, "Oh, the joke's coming up." <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So I like that line. Have you got any in your mind? Mine is from uh, Macbeth. Uh, it's shorter. Mm-hmm. Um, thou cream-faced loon. Oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> it's a good one to crack the out. The devil damn yeah. thee black, thy yeah. cream-faced loon. Yeah. Something like that. It's when uh, yeah. the the kids are about to get murdered. Macduff's kids. Yeah. Cream-faced loon, Best part. There's no better put-down. Away with the younglings. Um, yeah, I'd say I always love the one that... that gets me i feel it's it's in julius caesar which um thanks for asking i played brutus in uh, when i was in school so whatever at two um, uh, oh, yeah. although oh brutus. well here's you, the thing my brutus. here's the thing well right so i think everyone would say the most famous line in that play and the only words that well no there are several words that people attribute to caesar but certainly the most famous ones are at two brute mm-hmm. every night i stabbed him too early I kept stabbing him before he could get the words out. And in fact, he says, et tu brute, then fall Caesar. He never got near then fall Caesar. <laughs> because I'd come up to him, and I don't know what it was, just I guess it was the bloodlust, you know? <laughs> I'd gone full, full method, and I was ready to take him down. So yeah, I did. I, I managed to kill him every time before the before the the words were out. And in fact, I mean, the other hard, thing in that play, I've just remembered... To stab a man in the back than Brutus was, Hugh, but you, you achieved it. <laughs> I did you it, yeah, it. I... I totally got it but the other thing we did was we um we wanted to 
you know, have have blood. We wanted it to look bloody. So we had these little um, sacks of fake blood. Mm. And so Caesar had a couple in, in his shirt and I had them on my arm so that afterwards when you're meant to bathe in the blood and wipe it all over you, that I could do that. But what happened was they weren't secured. So like about 15 minutes before we were in to film, I, kill him, I suddenly felt all this blood running down my arm. So then I had to hold my hands above <laughs> me for, so that I wouldn't be dripping blood all over the stage. And in fairness, I was already the most wooden Brutus of all time. So just to have somewhere to put my hands wasn't actually the and worst got, thing. You got for rave me. reviews for your interpretation of Brutus as a you robot. A really <laughs> robot choice, Brutus yeah. has arrived. Yeah. Or as a toddler. You know how toddlers run with their hands up above their heads um but no but there's a line um I sh- i'd love to pick one of the lines i said but unfortunately there's a line that mark antony says when he's really getting up in everyone's grill and getting ready to start a war and he his at the end of the particular speech is cry havoc and let slip the dogs of war mm, i just think it's good. such a cool line and again it's one of those where you think do you know what it doesn't matter what you understand. It doesn't matter what the language is. Everyone knows what he means by that. And, and do you know what? I bet as well. I bet there is a WWE wrestler somewhere who uses that as... He probably thinks he wrote it himself. He probably thinks he made it up. And it's his catchphrase, you know? And it's something that everyone will get as just a cool, badass line. There's a great line in Hamlet, which is, can you smell what the rock is cooking? Which I think a wrestler did actually <laughs> end up taking. <laughs> I'm trying to think, I really like, obviously there's the bit where Hamlet's talking about death and being like, what is this, this uh, quintessence of dust? Oh, mm. holy shit. My, I think, yeah, he gets, he gets pretty dark. My favourite, I think, bit of writing, probably because I've just heard it a lot, and there's an actor called Scott Brooksbank, who I think is maybe the best actor I've ever seen in, in my life perform uh, as Macbeth, Lady Macbeth, all the parts in Macbeth, basically. He is absolutely incredible. Um, but he... Uh, he does the, the speech um, at the end of Macbeth where Macbeth is, his wife dies, Lady Macbeth dies, and um, he's doing the out-out brief candle. Um, it is it is a tale told by an idiot signifying nothing. It's just like the bleakest description mm. of life, and it's like, wow, it's just, ah, it's mind-blowing. I think it's incredible. So here, um, here's a here's a, a, a pandemic related fact uh, for for uh, Shakespeare. Um, he obviously largely is known for writing plays, but also wrote an awful lot of sonnets, and mm. he wrote the two of them alongside each other. But most of his sonnets, one, one with each hand, his... I think, at the same time. Yeah, yeah. Um, I am bidextrous. He... he was I am bidextrous. Uh, oh, yeah, that's good. That's nice. good. Nice. Um, it was with but, his pentameter as well. So, <laughs> oh my God, his iambidextrous pentameter. <laughs> oh wow, that is. Uh, yeah, but um, he wrote m- most of his well, his, his better known sonnets um, during an outbreak of the plague, uh, when plays when they, when plays could not be put on. Um, so was, when everyone was sort of confined to their houses. Project that was his lockdown project. He didn't start a podcast. Uh, he Did he probably was baking sourdough as well? <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Um, I just thought that was interesting. Yeah. You know, people react uh, the same as ways well, to I think are like that. 
there's so much depth to them like they they well, the first time i read a sonnet i'm like what the hell is that i don't know what that is and then by the 26th read you're like whoa this is so dense again i don't know and the only one i know we did one in school which is shall i compare thee to a summer's day and that's the only one i think it's the only one i've ever read to be honest which is a bit mad given that i would you know consider myself not a not a shakespeare not a aficionado but like yeah i like his stuff but i've never actually delved into the poetry i've only done it because of doing the sonnet walks with the globe and like did you ever jump out at the wrong person did you ever have any interactions unfortunately i mean i got stopped by the police because they were like why is this guy walking up and down carrying a massive bag um Mm. but i i was just like hello i i'm so sorry and they were like uh yeah he doesn't have an irish accent you're all right (laughs) yeah he's he's that's such a good cover story though i mean it's a bit of a niche cover story and i did have like a letter to explain why i was there oh right i also i was that's uh, just deep cover yeah I also was changing in a pub toilet because there was no dressing room. I, I was changing in a pub toilet down in Leadenhall Market and some guy tried to buy cocaine off me. <laughs> and I was like, I, I don't know how you've understood this as I, as I get changed into, <laughs> into my... <coughs> Doublet. That's the, that's the power of your acting. You were clearly giving off that vibe <laughs> of the coke dealer. Yeah, yeah. And what did, did he... Was he graceful then and no he, he, he wasn't a very nice boy he was doing a wee at the urinal he's like you're right mate and i was like oh yes good good thank you <laughs> <laughs> you've engaged me in conversation as i change in the corner the the piece soaked corner like, you got anything you got any got anything and i was like oh no he's like oh jesus you wouldn't get this in canning town and i was like never been never been i'm gonna go outside and do some old poetry <laughs> So I think we may be getting to uh, to sort of final judgment sort of territory. I think it's the first episode where we haven't really had any pros or cons, except for the cons you've well, made up about things that happened hundreds of years after he died. Yeah. I've written a lot down. I've written yeah, a lot someone down, led okay? a load of birds into Central so, Park. Yeah, so the cons, right? Um, only two, really, the birds thing, <laughs> which we can't really blame him for. Um, and sort of a question mark over accessibility, but that's probably true of any sort of great art in a sense um and i mean there's an awful lot of books that you pick up and yeah. it doesn't have to be written in elizabethan language for you to just not to grip you you know there's loads i mean or films you know so i feel there's i feel it's easy to dismiss yeah. shakespeare as inaccessible whereas i think i think there's the balance well, have, which is that done, which is that you have done that yeah. quite quickly yeah. yeah but which is that yeah. the stories as you say the the overall themes are simple enough then there's more depth if you get into it and yeah, it's a bit of language to get through, but sure. You know, I watch film with subtitles now. I'm I'm maturing. So the pros then, uh I suppose kind of we'll we'll put it best. You know, they're they're Thank they're you. just plays. They're good, they're simple. Um the 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 content is good. You don't need to dress it up any further. Although you do actually need to dress up. They do dress up <laughs> yeah, mostly, yeah. But but the, you know, the Michael's text trying to put is, costume departments out of business. Is is sound. Um, successful like, in his lifetime ancient stories like Tristan and Isolde I think is one of the oldest mm. stories and that's Romeo and Juliet's basis and it's mm. like just retelling good stories um, represents some continuity from the past a um, couple of good lines in there still has some zingers uh, and then that Will survived being uh, questioned about being a drug what dealer what about my drippy blood hands yeah 
Trippy blood, Trippy blood hands, hands. Put that in there. Put that in there. And cutting off the most famous line in the play. Yeah. Were you worried he was going to say at Hugh Brute? I <laughs> was exactly it, and I was worried they'd all laugh at me then. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think Brutus had that complex as well. Hey, Michael. What I also you? actually once spilt all the. We had a backup thing of blood, and I spilt it all over my trousers <laughs> just after the scene that we'd killed him in. Now, in theory, you're meant to go out all bloody, so I could have gone back out, but like the tra- trousers were soaking wet, so I had to borrow someone else's trousers backstage and then go out and. Uh, and do the speech. <laughs> That's a great excuse to get someone's trousers off you. Oh, listen, I, I do it to this day. <laughs> He's always got a bucket of fake blood, <laughs> just in case he needs to detrow someone. So, decision time. Are we at yeah, I mean, decision I time? I think, like, I have an issue with, like, uh, uh, the elitism sometimes with which it is spoken about. I think it's, like, spoken about this high, about it as this, like, high art form when I think there's way more to it than that it was like you know it was mass entertainment and it was great mm. um but i think generally there was no way i was going to argue anything but it being a legitimate like because i i legitimately like it therefore my bias is uh my bias is strong yeah i'm gonna i'm gonna go pro shakespeare as well i think i totally agree that that there is a people do sort of there's an elitism about it. There can be a snobbery about it. And I'm always aware of that. When I start saying, like, I do genuinely love Hamlet. I think it's amazing. But as you say, I've seen it loads and loads of times. So that gives you a hand in it. And there's only two plays I'd say I know quite well, which are that and Julius Caesar. Hmm. But, yeah, I think they're great. And it, they would encourage me to go and see more. Um, and, yeah, what I, what I see, I saw Twelfth Night a while ago with Tamsin Gregg. You know, Tamsin Gregg, who's in Black Books. She is great. Amazing. And she played... Um, Who's the fella? Is it Malvolio who goes mad? Mm. Um, and, Spoiler uh, alert! Jesus, Hugh. Yeah, I mean, you're, a lot of listen, Shakespeare we, we, plays tell you what's going to happen in the play. We've we've dropped a few spoilers, but she <laughs> was incredible as Malvolio, and just and again, everyone there like we hadn't seen the play before, but it was just hilarious, you know. And I'm sure we didn't get all the jokes. I'm sure we got some jokes that weren't jokes when Shakespeare wrote them, but yeah. Thumbs up for me. Also, a, a pro for Tamsin Gregg, if we ever do the Tamsin Gregg episode, she is the only person who has ever, only actor, sorry, who's ever tipped me on a press night at the theatre I used to work at. No way. Only one. She tipped the bar a tenner. She came up to the bar and said, thank you so much. for You're all working so hard. Thanks. And, and gave, wow. and gave nice. us a tenner. And I was like, that's so, it was so classy. And it was like, oh, that is sad about how out of the ordinary that was. Yeah, here's, you'll have to dish out the names of all the others who didn't. <laughs> yeah. Of course, Tamsin Gregg, you know, quite wealthy. She's uh, heir to the Greggs sandwich uh, shop yep, fortune. Spelled differently. So. Spelt differently. No. It's Tamsin Gregg, technically. So, yeah. But when we Very do open lady. our Shakespeare restaurant, we can have a just little one in honour of hers, which would be Damson Gregg. <laughs> That'd be nice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I actually um, I just I, I, I took a couple of steps on this because we were so positive on the Shakespeare restaurant. So I went to register the business name uh, for it. Now, actually, William Shakespeare is taken. So our restaurant's going to be called Willie Shakes. I hope that's OK with you guys. <laughs> that is so OK with me. I was also going into that. I was like, I'm ready to not like what Michael's going to say, just because that's that's the <laughs> well, what we've fallen into. I've ordered a very large sign. <laughs> this is making Shakespeare accessible, all right. Yeah. So uh, is that official? Shakespeare's officially a legitimate like? Shakespeare's a legitimate like. He can come out of hiding. You're good to go. Give another 400 years. He'll be fine. Juicelius Caesar. 
um, uh, chicken wing Lear. Uh, I'm lost. It's gone. It's gone. It's gone, and so are we. Thank you so much for listening to Legitimate Like. See you all at Willy Shakes. And until then, I've been Hugh. I've been Will. And growing gradually darker by the minute in his, in his Zoom, into Zoom the video. Michael, our producer. Thanks, everyone. Bye. Farewell. Shakespeare wrote a whole load of plays Back in the olden days They've really lasted long Hamlet's just the same as the Lion King Except that Claudius doesn't sing The scary lion song We know back then there was a plague in town that's when old Willie Boy started writing down all those great ideas in his head. Guys dressed as girls and girls as guys, it's panto through 16th century eyes, and every second line contains a pun because they're fun. So Shakespeare is great Or maybe he's fake And someone else wrote his plays Who else could it have been? Well maybe Francis Bacon Or that scary queen I can't tell what all the words mean In basically I just clap when they bow He's the reason starlings live in New York And if you want eggs with pork We'll get a Hamlet now We'll play the Macbeth witches That sounds cool And Michael was once an owl in primary school let Julius Caesar say his line He felt the blood come pouring down Panicking, he looked around For someone who had trousers he could steal Shit just got real Will says Shakespeare is great Have you got some coke, mate? No, I'm just reciting sonnets But will Hugh and Mike Will we have made our minds up Just before the time's up He's a legitimate lie Yeah, Shakespeare's all Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. 
Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com. Code PROGRAM.